This podcast from Teacher Magazine is supported by Victoria Teachers Mutual Bank. The Mutual Bank is proud to support the financial well-being and professional development of the education community. Visit victeach.com.au to find out how they can help you reach your financial goals. This episode of Teaching Methods, we'll be exploring inquiry-based learning, and I'm here with Simone Reinhold, Professor for Primary Mathematics Education at Leipzig University, that's in Germany. Now, she's in Melbourne working with Dr Anne Downton and Dr Sharon Livy at the Faculty of Education at Monash University, and uh, she's just delivered a Dean's Lecture on the topic of inquiry-based learning in a primary school context. Uh, Professor Simone Reinhold, welcome to Teacher. Now, at the end of that lecture that we mentioned, do you ask teachers to stay curious? And we'll come back to that a uh, little later. But can you start, first of all, by explaining what's meant by inquiry-based learning? And uh, I'm thinking particularly in a mathematics context in primary schools. Yeah, so inquiry-based learning should always start with a challenging task. Uh, this means that the teacher should not just choose any exercise mm -hmm. and it's not only about doing exercises to become faster in calculating or to get quicker at delivering automatic responses or so. It means that in the start you have a problem, namely a challenging, somehow new situation that the children are not familiar with. So there should be something special about this situation, there should be something new and um, most often the teacher will just expose this problem to the children uh, and not even commenting on details or giving you know little hints for a strategy or so we just expose it and then um, the children at first step they should explore what they have found or what's said to them so they um, should try to think about what's the mathematics in it and can I find some examples in it or whatever just go for a first exploration and then well try to discover patterns for example that you can find in a special task or uh, features of a specific setting so for example you could think of even and odd numbers mm -hmm. great one and um, so if you want to display those even and odd numbers, you could maybe choose little cubes, saying you're forming rows of cubes and um, bringing together those two rows of cubes would show you that, well, in the end, when you add two even or even two odd numbers, this will always turn out to be a rectangular prism, so something even in a way. And if you would add an even number to an odd number, that would be something different. It would be something, you know, not looking like a rectangular prism, for example. Mm -hmm. So this could be a discovery, but just doing something, but just um, exploring this material and well, finding out new, new knowledge. You, you know, you find new things that you can, um, well, just you're not taught but you discover by yourself. And mm -hmm. um, next step then would be to justify your findings. For example, to answer the reason, well, does this always happen? You know, take any even, take any odd number, what happens? And how can you justify that this does always happen? So, and then um, another step would maybe then be to 
argue by means of finding ways to, to display this, for example with the material, or do a drawing, or set up a number of um, equations, or something like that, to prove what you have found in a way. Mm -hmm. So build an argument could, then, yeah, how, to however do an you argument, to do that. Yeah, yeah, to do that, mm -hmm. and well not on the level like a mathematician would do that, of course not, but on, a, on an appropriate level that kids may reach. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've got so we've gone through a series of so first the exploration and then the um, the discovery mm -hmm. uh, the reasoning and mm -hmm. the justification of that um, of the a, findings yeah yeah of the findings there's a documentation of that as well isn't there again is that that's really open isn't it it depends how the students want to do it yeah and always depends on the on the task of course mm -hmm. it, and it depends on the material that, that you provide mm -hmm. it could also be that you well use totally different material for or you just um well another op option for this task of finding out that well if you add two um, odd numbers there will always be an even number um, um in the sum you could also find out by writing down lots and lots and lots of equations, for example, mm -hmm. and having a closer look at those. Mm -hmm. So there could be different ways of finding out, using this material, that material, that way of documenting your findings and your way of exploring this idea. Mm -hmm. Now you've been a teacher in Germany and you're now a professor at Leipzig University. How common is inquiry-based learning in German classrooms? Hmm. Well, I'd say, um, the idea that uh, children are in a way responsible for their own learning is a very long tradition, going back to the reform pedagogy in the 1920s. Mm -hmm. And um, it also, well, this inquiry-based learning also stems back to the theory of discovery learning um, introduced by Jerome Buna in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was a young teacher in the 1990s, um, I was strongly influenced by the work of Heinrich Winter, Erich Christian Wittmann and Gerd Müller, colleagues that I mentioned in my Dean's lecture as well. Um, they used to be professors um, and researchers at universities in North Rhine-Westphalia, which is a state of Germany. Mm -hmm. And especially the handbook of um, productive exercises that they launched, uh, that was something that struck me by then. It, I mean, it was, was full of those wonderful exercises that they introduced for us as young teachers and lots of material that provided us some of these challenging tasks that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know, lots of beautiful um, arithmetic and also geometric um, ideas that they spread over the country, I must say, mm -hmm. um, in a way. Um, and from then on, I must say, this has strongly developed throughout Germany, maybe not in every um, little school, wherever you go, but um, it's since 2004 we have new German standards for mathematics education in primary and in every federal state there is a curriculum that relies on this, um, on, the, on these standards. So and um, actually teachers, they should try to uh, find ways of implementing inquiry-based teaching in their classroom because those standards, they, they want us teachers um, to, to teach that way. They, they um, say it explicitly. We know that student achievement levels in any one class vary wildly. Uh, the most advanced students in any year of school are typically about five to six years ahead of the least advanced students in that year. In your Monash lecture, you talked about the benefits of IBL, inquiry-based learning, in terms of differentiation. Can mm -hmm. you just expand mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. on that? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, the idea is that, well, this, this term natural differentiation that I've tried to translate from German to, to English um, means that you have one task for all children, you mm -hmm. have one framing for the whole lesson, and um, starting with this one task, um, you have a lower level entrance for all. And um, so all children in class should work on the same idea, yet working on different levels which means that there might be some who find more elaborated ways of documenting or they find various strategies to solve a problem or whatever might be different. It's all okay in this one classroom situation and um, it's the teacher's job then in a way to say and to find uh, ways of um, you know, encouraging the kids to maybe move on and uh, find another variation and yeah, do some, some more work about it. And um, what is important for me is that this is not only something that, well, differentiation in this sense does not mean that every child is going for something totally different. And you never know what your neighbor at the table does or what your friend does at the moment. But it's working on the same issue. It's working on the same topic. It's working on the same task. Mm -hmm. Um, so actually just choosing that level of task where they can all enter is important, yeah, coming yeah, up with yeah. a task actually. Yeah. I know some teachers struggle with that, but uh, uh, in terms of another approach then uh, to do with differentiation, I guess, that would be to devise a different task for different groups of students and give them all something slightly different. Mm. But what are the benefits of working on a common idea mm. or task then? Mm. Well, um, I think that we, we live in a, in a society where we need to collaborate. And I think that learning also is very strongly influenced by um, being forced to negotiate with others about your ideas. Mm -hmm. It's um, clarifying concepts while you try to explain what you have understood or if you haven't understood anything, that might also be the case. Um, and this is something we always have to keep in mind when we're teaching in general, I think. It's not only about math education, it's, I think in all fields and all domains and all subjects, we should think about this. That we, I mean, we, we go to school in, in classes of 25 or, or 30 children or so, not only because this is a simpler way of organizing it, but because social learning is a very important issue um, in general. So um, that's why I think it's very important that we keep this in mind also for maths education, which is something that you could do in your own um, room at home. You could, you know, do most of the things at your own desk at home, but um, the benefit you have from this social setting is that you negotiate, uh, that you are forced to, for example, justify your findings at the minute. It's not that you, you know, you calculate and you do your things, but uh, working with a partner, working in a group, forces you to tell explicitly what you've thought about this and this and that, and why you think this is true or why you think this strategy doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So this social learning in the classroom and the exchange of mm -hmm. ideas, as you mentioned mm -hmm. there. Um, mm -hmm. So what's the role of the, what we've not talked about a lot of actually is what's the role of the teacher in this? They shouldn't mm. really be sitting back and letting students just mm. discover everything <laughs> for, them, for themselves. Should they've no. spoken about, you know, finding that balance, which is tricky between explorative and informative mm -hmm. learning. What would mm. be an example of mm. that? Well, so exploring mathematics is, for example, or discovering patterns in mathematical structures or so is a wonderful thing to do. But you can't discover or rediscover um, or invent anything because that 
attitude or so might also hinder in a, a good conversation that you might have about something. Mm -hmm. So let's think of geometrical shapes, for example. Um, you could discover, for example, properties by comparing shapes or uh, finding out that eight cubes can be assembled to a bigger cube or to a rectangular prism or so. You can explore and, and discover all this. But it doesn't make sense to invent, for example, new terms to name a cube or a prism in another way. Mm -hmm. well, well, you could call it brick or so, or you could call it a box or la 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 la. But that doesn't make sense mm. because in the end, when you want to get to any conversation about your findings, you need a common language and you need um, not only vocabulary, but um, maybe also phrases that you may use in special settings. And there's, that's the part of the teacher, to support this, to clarify, for example, vocabulary, the use of terms, or to um, well introduce a correct mathematical language. That's mm -hmm. what I, I'm thinking of when I talk about, well, there's a part of informative, well, there's an informative part in it as well. So it c you couldn't just, you know, um, do anything with, without using any conventions, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, mm -hmm. finally then, let's return to that message that I mentioned right at the beginning. Um, at the end of your lecture, you uh, invited teachers to stay curious. Mm. And uh, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, you've worked as a teacher yourself. Your role now is in the area of research and education, actually, pre-service teachers. Um, you feel we need to be preparing them for inquiry-based learning by sparking their own curiosity, don't you? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my mission, I must <laughs> say, also. So, well, actually that's the reason why I became a researcher, because I'm so curious on how children are learning and how they acquire knowledge and how they develop throughout a special period of time in their life. And um, this is so fascinating to see. And I, I wished we could get young teachers to, well, yeah, to, to find this way of looking at children's learning so fascinating as well. You have to stay curious for the, what the kids are doing, otherwise you will miss to find out where they have misconceptions or if they have improved in a special way or so. You will miss all this and you will just go for the assignment or for the assessment at the end of the class and say, well, this went wrong and that went wrong, but you never know why. It's been fascinating speaking with you today. Professor Simon Reinhold, thanks very much for sharing your expertise. That's all for this episode. To keep listening or to download all of our podcasts for free, just visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes, or you can head to soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen acer. You'll find more information on inquiry-based learning at teachermagazine.com.au. It's also where you can check out the full transcript of this podcast and access the latest articles, videos and infographics for free. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by Victoria Teachers Mutual Bank. The Mutual Bank has been the bank for teachers since 1972 and is proud to be invested in you. Visit victeach.com.au to find out more.